0: Generally, I have like done sermons that are like specifically to ladies, and we gentlemen we can glean from it too. But really, felt like something different on this uh, this time around. Um, I have not done this before, um, but the title of the sermon is called "Heavenly Mother Too," <laughs> um, and we'll be in some select passages. Uh, There is a controversy when we start talking about um, the idea of referring to creator God as mother or she or anything like that. I honestly want to process that. We get to, as a family... We get to step into sticky things and see where the Lord is in the stickiness. We get to step on slippery things and let him catch us, (laughs) right? Um, But I want you to see this picture before we keep going, because if you've seen the movie The Shack, um, it's it's just a a Christian film. um, And um, it was a really good movie. And oh, my goodness, did this movie get some drama, Woo! It got some drama because for... So I'm not going to tell you plot points, but if you watched the trailer, you would get what I'm about to tell you, right? There's a man who's struggling and he has an encounter with God and he has an encounter with God in Trinitarian form. There is a father, there is a son and a Holy Spirit that he's engaged with and interacting with throughout this film. And the controversy and the drama came in because throughout most of the film, the father is depicted by Octavia Spencer. Now, listen, if you're going to pick somebody to play God, it better be, look, Morgan Freeman or Octavia Spencer. (laughs) Because that woman right there can act her face off. She did a phenomenal job. But the challenge of the film to us is that we're not used to seeing God the Father depicted as a woman. And, I mean, it got upset. I'm talking people boycotting the film, like cursing it and praying that it would, not, it, would, it would have no success. It was a successful movie. I mean, it came out, you know, close to a decade ago. It may even be more at this point. Um, but the film did something that is true in showing this motherly side of the father. And put it right in our face and made us have to actually wrestle with it. And I want us to wrestle with it. We'll talk about why in a moment. Um, But after this picture, there's something that I want us to kind of boldly say out loud. God is not a man. (laughs) Yes, power to the people. No. (laughs) God is not a man that should not. I know that may make us uncomfortable, but it should not surprise us, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't surprise us. God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. What it means to be a man biologically, God doesn't have to deal with, (laughs) okay? That's not how God works. God is not a man. Mm -hmm. Something that we also should be able to affirm, if that's not a surprise, God is not a woman either. Oh, now, like, some of us are confused now. What does this mean? Because <laughs> you're like, okay, what are we turning? Are we turning into a liberal church where God is gender fluid? Nope. God doesn't have a gender because gender is assigned to humans and creation. Sheep, dogs, fish, cattle, humans have genders. And and biological sex, God does not. God is creator and has neither, is not bound by either, and is not subject to either. God sits above all of it. God is not man, nor is God woman. God made both. I want us to turn to Genesis, or just look at Genesis, (laughs) chapter 1. This is a portion of scripture that we know, but we don't often settle in for a second. I want us to sit here for a minute. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I need us to sit there for a second because it's riddled with tension. Those pronouns, he and him, in there can sometimes throw us off when we start having a conversation about the fact that both male and female carry the image of God. That's what this portion of Scripture is saying. If we've never heard that said explicitly, that's what the Bible is saying here. Human beings were made to carry the image of God with them, and both male and female carry a part of the image of God. We were made in God's image. So why would there be he and him? And why do we say, Father? I I always pray saying, Father, it's a part of tradition. It's also something Jesus said, so I do it too. But this morning was a little more intentional than not. Because praying to the Father is something that we have been taught to do. But why is this Father language in there? And why is he and him? And some of you are like, down with the patriarchy, (laughs) right? Nah, pause. I don't want to go that far, right? I don't want to say that. But I think it's okay for us to know historically and theologically, why would we say he and him and Father? At the time that the Bible was being written, culturally speaking, to be without a father or to be without a husband meant slow, devastating demise. You were without protection. You were without anyone to be able to ensure that you had both honor and livelihood in your society. We do not experience that right now. But I need us to kind of transport ourselves to the time in which Scripture was being written, both Old and New Testament. Those of us without a man in our life, if we're children without a father or if we're women without a husband, or either that means where we have been divorced from our husband or widowed, we without a man in our life, it is a slow and painful existence. So theologically speaking, Scripture refers to God as Father and he and him because without this being for all of us is a slow and painful existence. It's it's a theological thing. Yeah, some of us are also like we know historically, right, patriarchy does matter. Yes, I get that. But that's not just historical. That exists right now, too all over the world. Right? It's okay. It's an, another kind of sub concern is honoring this being. And a way of honoring this being historically and even in some cultures now would be to refer to this being in terms of pronouns as a male because that is the way in which an individual in our and many of our cultural contexts is honored. Saying anything else would not be honoring. <laughs> it's More practical than not, as it is there, but theologically speaking, they were referring to God as Father because without God, there is this slow, painful existence that ends in one's demise. This being is the one that ensures that I have what I need. This being is the one that defends me. This being is the one that protects me. This being is the one that covers me and shields me. This being is the one that ensures that if I get in trouble, that somehow I get out of it, guides me and directs me, and my honor comes through this being, just as though if I were a wife or a child, My honor comes from a father or husband. That's theologically why scripture refers to God that way. So if that is the case, it's also okay for us to know that our cultural understanding of what a father and a mother is, is different than the biblical culture of what a father and a mother is. That does not take away seeing the beauty of God as our father, but it will blind us to the wonders of the way that God is our mother if we don't look at that. Scripture wasn't saying that God is a man and God is not a woman. Nope. Scripture was pointing to the function of a father in their context. And we are about to point to the function of a mother in our context and the way in which God makes sure that happens. There's a couple of portions of Scripture where it can kind of get a little strange and dicey where God is actually referring to God's self in kind of feminine and woman terms, which is unique for us. We oftentimes would just kind of, uh, and then move on. <laughs> so we're going to stay there for a second. I hope you came ready to be uncomfortable. Okay, so look, just look, just put Octavia, Spencer, like, and all of that to the side for a second. Let's look at what Scripture says. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, um, I want to start at verse 9. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. Some of that's like, I don't even know what all of that means. (laughs) So it's okay for us to know as a part of the way, specifically birds, care for and take care of their young is covering them with their wings. This isn't actually the only portion of scripture that talks about this, but that is a uniquely mothering way of caring for. It's almost kind of like shielding, Mm -hmm. right? When I think about what it is to protect someone or something, It really, there's a lot of different ways protecting can happen, but it is a very motherly way in nature to protect by defending as in shielding, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to cover. I'm going to shield. I think about like when I used to sit in the front seat. (laughs) Mama Kim, no. Listen, y'all see, you know. Okay. Okay. Listen, okay, and 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 it's okay for us to know us dads. We ain't that quick, <laughs> okay? It's okay. It's the, listen, I'm talking, mamas. Y'all be like, put your arms out real quick, okay? You but you are about to get all the airbag in your face, but your wings took care of the one on the right. <laughs> that is a uniquely motherly instinct <laughs> to shield one's young, which is not always the same as defending, as in going to conflict. It's not the same. It's a part of protecting, but it's not the same. Right, when we talk about, and yes, I know that mothers do that in nature too, right? So this is, I'm, I'm talking about us as humans. Right. There's a way in which we have built constructs for what mother and father looks like. And we've all kind of been raised in that soup. So in that soup, as human beings in our culture, a motherly way of protecting one's young is shielding. And honestly, a fatherly way of protecting is kind of going and checking. (laughs) Like, what you doing talking to my kids like that? (laughs) a part of how we culturally navigate some of those differences is that a biblical thing actually no bible doesn't actually prescribe for us ways in which one's gender should determine how you protect your children just thinking broadly about our culture and the way that our culture shows up in scripture as it relates to a way in which god engages with us is shielding us There's already some tension and challenge in that. Because like in this biblical context, much of this way of seeing how the, the God engages with us as children, all of our hope and all of our idea of our livelihood depending upon this one being would be described as father. But many of us particularly many of you as single mothers, you have had to actually shield and defend. (sighs) Mm -hmm. (sighs) It's all right. I honor you. You have had to put your arm out and go check a teacher for being weird with your child or go check a doctor for not caring for your parents the way they should and in that way you are living out in some a part of the image of God that has been put in us to do that's been put in you to do There's another portion of Scripture in Isaiah 66. This is what the Lord says. I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breast, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. So just so that we're making sure that we're all on the same page, that her is referring to Israel. Right? Not referring to God. But the next verse says, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. (laughs) I want us to sit in the controversy for a second. I know this is metaphor. I get it. I know that it's not God saying I'm a mother. (laughs) I get it but I want us to see something that God is honoring something about how mother's comfort saying, I will put on that for you, Jerusalem. I will put that on. I need you to have a picture in your mind. Imagine a mother comforting a child. That's what I'm going to be like. So Which is interesting. And in that, he doesn't say, I want you mothers to comfort the way I do. I want you to have an image of your, in your mind. This is a semi-traumatic experience for me. When Nathan was born, he could only be comforted by Christine. <laughs> like, <laughs> only. <laughs> and when... was one day where i was feeling really really courageous and i was like yeah go out babe you're fine she wanted to go to uh to one of the edge services um so i was like yeah go out we're fine we got this like 15 minutes later he was crying so long and loud (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and like I was like, we're good, we're good. So we did the bottle thing, we did the changing thing, we did the rocking thing, we did the singing thing, we did the rapping thing, we did the singing and the feeding and the changing and the rapping and the I need you to sit right here because you're safer there than with me thing. Like, <laughs> listen, okay? Some of the best way that dads can protect their children is just to send them away for a second. <laughs> right, I'm just, being, I'm just being honest. I'm putting you in your crib so I don't go crazy and I'll be back. You crying anyway, so I'll be back. I <laughs> Came back and I called that woman defeated. I'm like, sorry babe, I tried. I tried my heart is she came home and like 10 minutes later he was fine and i went for a walk and came back with my first gray hair and i'm not kidding no i am not kidding i'm not kidding there's a way in which not only culturally but naturally mother's comfort that no one else can. And there's a bunch of scientific reasons for why that is. But one of the things that I love about that reality is that because this being has been with this other human since its very beginnings, carried the feeling, the smell, the rhythm of the heartbeat. Those are things that even though I have ways of nurturing and caring and caring for and comforting my children will never be like their mom. And that is a picture that God wants us to have for God. We have been in God. The heartbeat, the sound of God's voice the smell and the rhythm of the way God walks and moves is something that we're supposed to be comforted by. Being in God's presence is supposed to be like a colicky baby <laughs> in the presence of their mother. And if we don't acknowledge that we have a heavenly mother in this being, too. We will not go and be comforted by this being. So we will look for comfort in other places because whew, we have no relationship to that being in that way. So there's more tension. Some of us were not comforted. By our mothers, naturally. It's okay. We get to be in the tension of this. It's okay. I know that that's not, it doesn't feel good. It's okay because there's a God that can carry all of that. There's a God that can carry all of the joy and all of the comfort and all of the pain and the disappointment. But I'm saying that if, we don't, we don't point to it. Then this being, we're not even given this being the ability to heal that. Amen. When Jesus left, he said, I'm sending a comforter. Yes. Another controversy of that movie, The Shack, his Holy Spirit is depicted by an Asian woman throughout the whole film. A comforter, a part of the character of God that we connect to femininity is comfort. And it is a way in which, yeah, we we as men, we can coach, we can help, and we can comfort too. But there is a difference, and it's okay. It's important that we see that there's a difference. Why do we see that there's a difference? So that we can lean into honoring those who carry it in their nature. Because it is from God. It's not something that y'all came up with secondhand as, oh, we can't do this, so let's try that. No. This is something that's a part of creator God and you carry it in your being. And for those of us who struggle with pain and disappointment from our relationships with our mothers, there is a God that can heal and restore that. Just as much as this God can heal and restore father wounds, this God can heal and restore mother wounds too. But if you don't believe that this God should carry some of the characteristics of a mother, you won't even go look for that to be restored and you'll just walk around with your father wounds all taken care of and your mother wounds still gaping. This God wants to comfort. But there's also a nurturing side. Look at this picture real quick. Um, uh, I, listen, uh, don't... It's not about the plant, because trust me, I think women and men, we all kill plants. So, we, so some of us overwater, underwater, like leave them in pots for five years. Like, so, uh, um, I, it's just a picture of someone nurturing something. <laughs> but this is where I'm going to, so my, I'll, I'll say this is a disclaimer this has been my experience, right? So it's not everyone's experience, but it is my experience. And so I'm just going to share it. I've always seen the way like there's this difference in the way that fathers and mothers nurture, um, I always kind of quickly described that as fathers um, can have the nurture a child or a thing and the way in which it's going. Right, like we look down the road, see where it's going, and help to steer it in that direction. Like this is where you're going, and we encourage, and we and we educate, and we train, and we teach, and we correct for where it's going. Mothers have a way of nurturing that is caring for it where it is right now. Mm -hmm. It is what is the need right now, which is not opposite of where is the future, it's just to say we need both. Don't just be thinking about the future and not the present. Listen, I don't care where you're going if you're hungry now. (laughs) Right? So there is this thing where God balances that shifting. And oftentimes we like to think about the vision that God has for us and going toward where God is going. We want God to light our path because that's a way in which we will follow where God's going. But there is another thing every single day where, are asking God for daily needs which is something we've been asked to do by Jesus and that is a nurturing that is caring for my needs right now while I also trust you to care for my needs where I'm going last little portions of scripture Luke chapter 13 Says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, this is Jesus speaking, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. (laughs) I will comfort you there. Oh, sorry. Um, That's just Jesus speaking. In Isaiah, this next verse, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. Another element of comforting. But this last little portion of Scripture is in John. And we actually just read this in Bible study because we just started John. Um, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Pause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want us to sit here for a moment. Mm-hmm. We know the beginning story. If you've read Genesis, God spoke everything into being. Yes, absolutely. But there's two, there's two accounts of that, that beginning. In Scripture, God said, let there be, and the way that it became was through this Word. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. <clears throat> the Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life, bright life brought light to everyone. This is the most controversial thing I'm going to say all day. But I want us to sit in the tension of it while we look at this picture. If God is not male nor female, but has given us a part of God's image to carry, a part of even how creation has come into being is how we, how we procreate and how we give birth to children is a reflection of how God, creator, has also made sure that everything has come into being. As the father spoke, the son was bringing life into and birthing all that the father was speaking. And that's complex. And it's really, really strange. But I want us to not just see this idea of that there's this old man in heaven with a long gray beard just talking and things happen. (laughs) There is this relationship of community between the different parts of who God is to both bring life, speak life, birth and everything that has been created, all that we know and that we see has come through this being, not unlike a mother. Just is what that is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an accident that biblical writers use the language they do. Didn't just say tinkered in the garage and made it happen. <laughs> what? What? I'm not saying that he didn't say that the creator chopped down some things and made sure that it happened. No, came through on purpose so that we can see that there's an element in the way in which humanity is still responding and reacting and reflecting the way creator God made all things coming through. Oh, that's some tension. It's okay. This whole sermon has been tension. Some of us here, that's not been your story. You have wanted to be mothers. Biologically. And the idea of coming through, how do I relate to that? It's challenging. It's very challenging. And it's okay for us to acknowledge that. But if we don't sit in the challenge of what all of this is, then what ends up happening is we dishonor the ways in which God is revealing God's self through all of us. Women, Men, mothers, daughters, husbands, sons, nephews, nieces, single people, married people, parents, non-parents. God is revealing God's self through all of, and it's okay for us to see all of how God is revealing God's self through humanity. And part of that is all of creation was carried by God and birthed through God as well. We have a heavenly father who is also a heavenly mother <laughs> and a heavenly brother and sister too. <laughs> this God is not bound by gender. And some of you are going to be, you're going to have a hard time with the idea. But I actually want to challenge you for a moment and your, your prayer. Ask the Lord to show you where God's been a mother in your life. You need to actually see it. You need to see it. Ask him where he's adopted you into his family and mothered you. Ask God where you've experienced birthing through the Father, and let that weird you out for a second because God is okay with us being awkward. It's all right. But here's what I don't want you to miss. I don't want you to miss the opportunity to honor the people around you who carry this part of God simply because it's not been something we've been taught to look at. I want you to look at it. I want you to look at it, not because I want you to change how you refer to God. No, I don't need you to start using her. You can if you want to, but I'm not interested in that. It's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. I'm not telling you to start off every prayer by saying, Mother God. No, I'm not saying to do that. You don't need to change anything for you to acknowledge that this being, this being carries both and all. Carries both and all. And when you do, you might actually one day have a moment where when you start to pray, the Holy Spirit encourages you to acknowledge the motherly aspects of God. Because that's what you need in that moment. That's what you need in that moment. That's the whole point of this sermon is You need something that God has that's more motherly sometimes than fatherly. And if you don't acknowledge it, you'll go your whole life missing the opportunity to receive it. And you won't be able to pass it. So, well, let us go. So celebrate and do whatever else we have for the day, but I want to pray and then we'll head out. Thank you for reminding me of that. I actually asked um, uh, someone to pray as well, actually to pray over us. We have a number of ladies in our church, um, but our eldest mother, uh, Mother Alma, I've asked her to pray for us today. Um, and actually, I'm gonna bring this microphone to you. Um, and, oh, not this microphone, cause this one's dying. <clears throat> Traditionally, I have um, had us kind of pray over all the ladies, but I was feeling this and so was um, another church member too. To have Our eldest mother, pray over us. And so, um, go ahead, Mother Alma, lead us.
1: I want to say that it is just an honor. It's a blessing to be a part of this church family. When I look at you, you're like a big bouquet. If you think of a bouquet, it's all shapes, sizes, some short, some tall. But it fits together, and it's beautiful. And this is how I see my church family. And I just thank God each time he blesses me to come and and just to see everybody. And um, I thank God for just leading me. He led me. I just want to say this before I pray. When I was at a church 15 years and my season was up, God led me to multicultural. And I went to Kentwood. Uh, my husband was alive then we went and we visited, and it wasn't for us and so I kept that feeling God wants me to go to multicultural he wants me he wants to move me to a level of learning that I didn't know before and so Gloria Taylor here is my stepdaughter from my first marriage, so she um uh, her sister said, "Gloria and Thomas go to unison Christian." And so my husband and I, we came and visited, and this is where we've been, we were happy to come until he passed. And so I just wanted to say that. But uh, now I want to pray. Father, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for how you kept me. Father, in the loss of my husband, your second husband, you've kept me a whole year come into church. And Father, I just thank you for everything. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the set man of this house. I thank you, Jesus, for Pastor Chase, his wife, Christine, and his family. Father, I ask that you will plant much wisdom into his head. Father, in the name of Jesus, continue to protect him. Father, all those in the ministry here, Father, serving some capacity. Continue to protect them. Continue to plant wisdom in them. Father, that they will Anoint them afresh so that they can move us forward in this season. Oh, God, with all the problems, all the chaos in this world, we don't know what will happen from day to day. But, Lord Jesus, we know you hold the future. You hold the future. And, Father, long as we can keep our eyes on you, we can make it. I thank you, Jesus. Father, I I pray blessing over every praise team member, every prayer warrior, every musician, every uh, father uh, greeter, every father, everyone, hospitality, father, even those that clean the bathrooms, whatever capacity, father, security. Father, I ask that you would send people, send people, father, to serve, to help, father, to move us forward in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, keep us safe. Father, our media team, Father, I just thank you for everything, everything that has transpired at this church. Father, and I pray, Father, upon the community. Ask you to continue to keep the community saved. Let us, Father, as a beacon on this hill. Let us, Father, be a blessing in the community. Oh God, we give you the praise and honor. Bless each and every family represented, Lord Jesus. Father, if anyone has lost a family member, lost a friend, lost someone, Lord, I ask you to comfort them. Uh, It's like a blanket that you put over. Nobody can comfort us like you, Jesus. I just thank you and I praise you. Father, I pray these blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen.